Stories from the Honky Moon Café, written and read by Barclay Johnson. The Handyman Dorothy was in the kitchen. It was a room she knew well, and where she was standing was where she usually stood, by the sink, looking out onto the back garden, onto the lawn which needed mowing, a flower bed that needed weeding, a washing line to which a pair of socks were pegged, and had been from the previous Monday. How many times Herbert had walked past those socks, his socks, on the way to his precious garage, Dorothy had lost count. But Herbert no longer saw the jobs that needed doing. If Dorothy pointed them out, he'd find something else that needed doing, something else just down the road. Uh, I shall be in the garage, Dorothy. Uh, that handbrake is slipping again. Wouldn't want to be rolling off the edge now, would we? <laughs> Dorothy remained silent. There was only the sound of the dinner plates being washed, the squeak of her marigolds as she stacked them to the right, the remnants of another Sunday lunch she'd spent most of the morning cooking, and now the cleaning, the washing, and not so much as a kind word or a thank you. She watched Herbert disappear into the garage, closed the door behind him so he could tinker in peace. Herbert had always been a handyman. It was one of the things she found attractive. She'd been the one in her family that had mended things. She had an idea of how things worked. She had other skills too, but she'd let Herbert have them so he could feel useful. But things had changed. The refurbished number 27 changed things. Dorothy had noticed it before, but after that woman had moved in, it was worse. Hardly a day passed when he wasn't there mowing grass for her, weeding the flower beds for her, putting up shelves or tinkering with her plumbing. The idea of him tinkering with her plumbing made her feel sick. Maybe it was just a ballcock, but she felt there was more to it. What was it that made her plumbing so much more attractive? Dorothy had attempted to catch her husband's eye. She'd saved from her housekeeping something special that he would like. But he hadn't even noticed her new pale blue summer outfit with matching straw hat. A straw hat like the one she wore on her honeymoon. He'd always remarked upon her straw hats, but not this time. To the south of Shaftesbury, there are far-reaching views across the Blackmoor Vale towards Dorchester. Even Thomas Hardy refers to the steep climb up to Shaston, his name for that elevated promontory. So it was no surprise that it had been a special viewpoint for centuries. It was particularly special to Dorothy. It was where she and Herbert had done their courting. Securely parked on the slight incline, they might share a sandwich, a flask of tea in the afternoon, and a walnut whirl, their favourite. Beyond the fence... Fifty feet ahead of them, the ground dropped away dramatically and gave the impression they were flying. In the evening, they could watch the sun go down and perhaps enjoy a bit of slap and tickle. What was lacking in slap was made up in tickle. It had continued to be their special place up until recently, when visits had ceased abruptly. The refurbished number 27 was at the end of the close, perhaps a dozen houses away, close enough for Herbert to walk, to take what tools he needed, to push their wheelbarrow, to do whatever that woman wanted her husband, her handyman, to do. 
While he was out one afternoon, Dorothy was able to trespass the hallowed ground of Herbert's garage, where he would carry out his man's work, something, he said, she could never understand, and not even worth talking about, especially now as he was busy with other things. Surrounding her on the walls were shelves, cupboards and tool racks, filling every available wall space. Things hanging, things resting on top of other things, things laid across things, stored under things and put beside things, and in the chaos, a bright blue box of chocolates, and beside it, an empty one. Before her rested the trusty Morris Minor. Dorothy, peering in through the car's open window, breathed in the familiar smell of its deep red leather upholstery. Here were the seats where their love blossomed, where promises were made and sacrifices given. She saw the exposed handbrake that her husband had been working on, its ratchets, levers and springs, ensuring the car stayed firmly in place. She was no vehicle mechanic, but had always been practical, understood the working of her brother's clockwork toys and their Meccano sets. She could see how raising the lever would pull the cables secured by pins and apply the brakes. The working seemed entirely understandable. It was not the complicated affair that Herbert made out, one that she would find impossible to understand. Did Herbert think that washing dishes was all she could do? During Herbert's frequent absences, Dorothy, bored with household chores, took to walking. There was much to see in Shaftesbury, within a short distance. Old buildings, lovely views, the remains of the abbey. However, she invariably found herself at their favourite place, looking out towards the south-west, as she had done with Herbert years before. A Tuesday afternoon, and Herbert was out again, tinkering with who knows what, just being handy. Dorothy found herself again at the same place. From one of those benches, she almost had the same view if it wasn't for the cars parked in front of her. Cars parked where once she and Herbert had parked. There were good times, Dorothy thought. They did love each other, she was sure, and they would do again. Dorothy smiled when she noticed a Morris Minor similar to their own. A cap lay on the back shelf, similar to Herbert's. Beyond it, the dark shapes of two people in a warm embrace. That too made her remember and smile. She had never needed to note their car's number plate, but there was something sickeningly familiar about this one. The car wasn't as clean as she remembered theirs to be. Herbert was always cleaning it, but he hadn't cleaned theirs for a while. That was something else that was not getting the attention it deserved, being neglected, taken for granted like an electric shock, or what Dorothy imagined one to be like, she noticed the remains of a solitary souvenir sticker on the back window. She had bought it in lime, and had dreamt of filling the window with other stickers from other trips they would make together. That was not now ever going to happen. Dorothy could remember little of the walk home other than her unsteadiness, her tears, her rising anger. As much as you think something is going on, you tell yourself it can't be. Then you realise how much of a fool you have been, how much of a fool someone thinks you are. All he promised, all the things he would do around the house, a handyman, her handyman, 
how he would make himself useful, how he would look after her as she would look after him into their old age. Together they would build their home for each other, forever trusting and being trusted. It was as it crashed through the fence that young Molly noticed the car disappearing over the edge. She was pushing baby Ruth in the pram, so it was a few seconds before she made sure the pram was safe and ran to the gap in the fence to see the car was still bouncing end over end when it hit one of two large oaks. It then slumped to the ground and rolled onto its side, unrecognisable as a Morris Minor. Molly felt someone approach from behind her and turned to see a woman in a pale blue outfit and a matching straw hat. "'Someone's gone to phone the ambulance,' Molly told the woman, "'but I don't think anyone would have survived that, would they?' "'No,' said the woman. "'It just goes to show you should never trust a man who is too good with his hands.'